Whatever power you think you may have, I possess the ability to take it all away. You will obey me in all things. You have no choice, for I am the Lord of Vampires. Dracula. Aloha, bienvenidos, and welcome to Noob Island, a place for nerdy fun, friendships, and learning. I'm Professor T. And I'm Professor Z. Much like the starting zone of many video games, the goal of our island resort is to teach visiting noobs about geeky subjects, but away from the stress of having to worry about sweaty tryhards, griefers, know-it-alls, or neckbeards. We like to think of it as learning and luxury. Noob? Yes, Professor? Tell the rest of the class your name what you're dressed up as, and what you're here to learn about. <laughs> it's Halloween when we're recording this, just to answer some of that. Or it's not. I don't care. <laughs> uh, my name is Mac. I'm dressed up as a raven cultist, I guess. I don't know. And then uh, we're here to learn about magic in the Marvel Universe. Well, with that in mind, Professor Z, what's our lesson for today? Vlad Stepish. Stepish. Hold, we did this right before Seppish. we started recording. Stepish. I'm so bad at names. <laughs> Vlad Sepish. Dracula. First of all, just to get out there, I'm so happy that Random Happenstance made it so we're recording the Dracula episode on Halloween. Right, you guys are going to be getting this later, but be very happy for us right now that we're getting to do this on Halloween. On complete accident. Uh, second, a thought I had when we were planning recording for this one, I'm not sure how much longer we can call McElroy here a noob. Because, I mean, we're going to, we're not going to stop. Like, it, it's the whole motif of our show. But when I told you the issues to read, like, oh, it's Doctor Strange, whatever. You went, oh, the Montesai formula, cool. No one knows that <laughs> I recognize this come up several times, but. So am I in the next class now? Did I graduate out of noob and, um. I guess the next semester? I don't know. Um, we'll figure out terminology for it. How did the Degrassi shows go with their names? So um, do I owe like 20,000? <laughs> do I owe 20,000 now or in four years? Yeah, oh, uh, it depends on how the student loan forgiveness goes. <laughs> so that very stupid intro is actually very appropriate to the character we're going today. Um, historically, I've not always been a big Dracula fan because I'm like, really? Bella Lugosi Dracula is... Supposed to be a big name in the Marvel Universe? <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, you know, as I'm always trying to do when I'm doing my studying prep for this, trying to get inside the brain of the character and, like, understand my approach. And I went, oh, I get it. Dracula, in a nutshell, in Marvel, should be the number one villain on Earth. Like, maybe Thanos and, like, the space villains can beat him. But, like, he should be whooping every single person except for one fatal flaw. Dracula is the dumbest Villain, like big league villain out there. Maybe like a bomb is worse, abomination or something is worse because he's, you know, that's part of their shtick. Right. Like Dracula has one solution for everything. And that solution is vampire. He works backwards from his endpoint instead of trying to come up with a plan. His endpoint is vampires and he's smart enough that he can make any plan get to vampire. 
But the, 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 the problem is, yes, it's either I am a vampire or I will make a vampire. And if you can be vampire, which we have centuries of lore on how to do, he's got nothing. And once I understood this, he becomes a much more interesting character to me. And it also explains how Frank Drake is remotely capable as a vampire hunter. It's like, well, I know eventually <laughs> part of his plan is going to be vampire. So as, as long as I counter here's that... Here's my steak, here's my cross, here's some garlic. We're good. Lamb <laughs> fire, we're good. But when you look at it that way, kind of like how we looked at Mephisto's board, Dracula's dumb, it suddenly becomes a lot more entertaining to go through the history of the character. Now, as I'm sure everyone knows, Dracula, even though this is based off Bram Stoker's Dracula, is... Very generously, let's say, based off of Vlad Stepish. Sepish. You did it. <laughs> Vlad Stepish. <laughs> uh, of Wallachia. I think it's Wallachia. Yeah. I, I just on pronunciation on that one. This one has... Uh, Marvel's Dracula is a little more heavily based off Vlad Stepish, but he does sort of yin-yang back and forth between, like, I'm a warlord from the 1400s and I'm a Victorian monster man. Which well, <laughs> Marvel's is more heavily based off of Gary Oldman. <laughs> it, it's true. Uh, in the early 2000s with Dracula, they decided that the old Victorian style wasn't scary anymore because, you know, it never was. At least mm -hmm. the Marvel version. Um, so let's make him look like Gary Oldman from the 90s in, movie. From Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Which... Is that one in Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's, Stoker's Dracula. Dracula? Yes, it is one of the best Dracula stories, though. So, what it is the but, <laughs> to the actual thing. Born in 1430 A.D., Vlad Sepish, also known as Dracula, was born in Shasburg, Transylvania, which is now in Romania, uh, in the small European country of Wallachia. He is the son of Vlad, Vlad Dracul, also known as Vlad the Elder. Now, Vlad the Second. For a note, Dracula, or Drac Dracul, means the dragon. So it's also Vlad the dragon. Dracula is son of the dragon. They got this name when they joined a obsessive, I believe, Catholic Christian sect. Right, right. He was uh, admitted to the Order of the Dragon. It sounds really fancy. It's more just like we wanted to create something really prestigious sounding mm -hmm. for all of the rulers amongst the along the border to make them feel special for being the ones having to oppose attacks all the time. Yeah, that's basically... <laughs> it's very extra in the classic, classic medieval way. Now, we're going to kind of skip through most of his actually alive stage. There are various fascinating things about this. I know Myths and Legends podcast does an episode on it. Um, I believe Lore does as well. If you want, like... Here's an interesting version of the story in like half an hour. But in the Marvel version, most of this is true. He potentially helps overthrow his brother when he's seven years old. He flees. He takes over. If I remember, he flees again, takes over again, beats he's, a Catholic he's priest. He's voivode three different times. So Yeah. Beats a priest to death when the guy, he's like, hey, do you think I'm going to go to hell for all the killings I've done? And the priest was like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> He's a priest. That's his job. He's supposed to tell you where you're going to go. Why didn't you kill him? <laughs> the important part of where this shifts is Dracula's death. And also, I'm just going to refer to him as Dracula from now on. Like, at this point, especially post-death, 
he stops being Vlad and becomes Dracula. Uh, when it turns out that Dracula was murdered by N. Sabanur himself, the X-Men villain Apocalypse. <laughs> Who, for whatever reason, and it's not made super clear in the comic, Apocalypse and his Dark Riders inserted themselves into one of the Dracula battles, one of the uh, Vlad battles, <laughs> and just murks him. So rude. <laughs> However, he's not dead at the end of the battle. He's decidedly dying. Uh, I do love, and if you look at the Marvel wiki for this, it's like, he was slain by, and names like the real person Dracula was slain by, but allegedly it was actually Apocalypse. I'm like, just own it, man. Just, just do it. <laughs> um, however, he is taken by his, uh, uh, one of his, not servants, but um, subjects. A Romani woman named Leanda for healing. Instead, Leanda, who's secretly a vampire, just turns him into a vampire and says, good enough. I mean, it solved the problem. Yes. Also, fair warning, if you decide to read any of this origin stuff, there is the uh, ethnic slur for Romani a lot. Because that's something we've just kind of... We've talked about this on the show before. We've, we're just kind of becoming aware of this. And anytime you have an Eastern European character in comics... It is probably going to use that problematic language. Right. So Dracula's turned into a vampire. He tries to save his, I guess, wife, Maria, from the villain, not the villain, the real-life warlord, Turok, who he was, who killed him. The game. Or God Apocalypse. Isn't that the game with the dinosaurs? Spelled different, but actually pretty close. Uh, However, wife is dead. He kills Turok with his vampire powers, which is now the ongoing facet of this. Vlad then goes out to attack the Romani that uh, turned him because he, at the time, didn't want to be a vampire. She has the Mephisto way of solving problems. You can't die if you're already dead. (laughs) (laughs) During this time, Dracula attracts the attention of Varney, the true vampire lord, the very first vampire, who, for reasons that I don't quite understand yet but will attempt to have by the episode where we cover Varney more in-depth, is looking for a replacement vampire lord and is testing Dracula. Gotcha. He sends his servant Nimrod to poke and poke and poke Dracula, trying to piss him off enough to prove himself as the true vampire lord. Was Nimrod one of the first people like God spoke to? In the Bible, Nimrod is a hunter, Uh and I don't remember beyond that, but uh, thanks to... Looney Tunes and a misunderstood joke where Bugs Bunny calls Elmer Fudd Nimrod, making a joke about a hunter, and everyone thought he was making a joke about an idiot. That's why Nimrod is now an insult. That's literally it. He's going, oh, you great mighty hunter, all sarcastically. Oh, you Nimrod. (laughs) And everyone was like, ha-ha, Nimrod's a word for idiot. Wait a minute. (laughs) No, I've always known that was like a name in biblical terms, but I was never aware of what it actually was. Dracula kills Nimrod, drinks the blood from Varney's neck to become the vampire lord himself, so he's now, like, vampire squared. Which probably makes you a lord, yeah. Well, because, I, I mean, it's dumb, but, like, you know, you have to drink from the vampire's blood as well. Like, he feeds from you, you feed from him. Now you're vampire, so I guess he's, as I said, vampire feeds from... I don't know, that's basically the plot to Blade 2, but... <laughs> We'll get there. And Dracula reclaims Castle Dracula 
from a different, unrelated vampire. And during this conflict, he first learns of the Darkhold and the Montesai formula, which is the formula to destroy all vampires. Dracula sends a thief named Murgo to steal it from the Vatican, but the thief is uh, killed and the book is stolen by the sorcerer Cogliostro. Cagliostro? Cogliostro. Uh, they're both the same person. Yeah, that's He's, why I get confused. Yeah. I, <laughs> because I read it and go, oh, Cogliostro, and then I think of the loop on the third movie, Castle of Cagliostro, which is completely unrelated, but a beautiful movie. Which, uh, stealing the book will begin a centuries-long feud with Dracula. Dracula also, at this point, starts creating his brides, which is just any woman he finds attractive enough to keep around as another vampire, and gets his revenge against Murad II, who is, I believe, the uh, son of the person who killed him. Following an assassination attempt in 1471, Dracula gives up the throne but remains in Castle Dracula for over a century. During this time, he's forced to confront and kill his son, Vlad Tepulus, who had been raised by Romani and taught to hate him. This will start a long, long tradition of every single one of Dracula's kids despising him. Castlevania. Yeah, I was about to say, that's probably lifted directly from Castlevania. <laughs> well, no, some of this, I mean, when did Castlevania come out? The first one? Yeah. 90-something? Oh, so this predates the uh, at least the first characters. Right, I mean... Mm. Maybe we all know how sparse some of those old comics are written. True. When they filled in details later. They probably, yeah. Well, and it's just, it, it's a fun plot point. My father's a vampire! Mm -hmm. Dracula's approached by emissaries of, oh my god, why do I have so many words I forgot to ask out? Bologna? Bologna? It looks like the, how we spell bologna like the terrible meat, but apparently it's a real place. Bologna. Oh, Bologna. Yeah, yeah, that place. Spain and Prussia, requesting that he remain out of their countries. This annoys Dracula, so he kills all of the emissaries and begins a tour of Europe, just wandering around causing havoc. Fair. You're going to tell me to stay out? I'll show you what I think of that. I'm going to just go kill your people. <laughs> Throwing a temper tantrum across Europe? Yes. <laughs> We've seen this yeah. again and again and again. We have. He's the name of the land. During this time, he encounters Rachel Van Helsing, not the one from the modern day, but the very first member of the Helsing family that he ever encounters. Her husband, I believe, dies, or her romantic interest dies, and uh, Rachel, in revenge, swears that her family line will oppose Dracula until their dying day, which will end with Rachel. Other other Rachel. Other Rachel. So from Rachel to Rachel, the Helsings opposed Dracula. From Rachel to Rachel. In 1606, uh, Dracula encounters Elizabeth Battery, the Blood Countess, another real life, quote unquote, vampire character. Who Wait, can we can we point out that in the 1500s he fights Solomon Cain at one point? Oh, just because it's Solomon Cain. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> Because it's and Solomon Kane. He encounters uh, alchemist Esteban Diablo, who is the Fantastic Four villain Diablo, mm -hmm. who's just an alchemist. He's not important to this. He's just very dumb with a very goofy mask, and so I kind of love him. I apologize. I completely skipped a century there. We're 
Ignore what I said about Elizabeth Bathory. We'll get to her in a second. During this time, a man named uh, Duraney manages to steal Dracula's diary, which reveals several of his weaknesses and eventually becomes one of the sources that Bram Stoker uses in Dracula. Uh, because not only is Dracula real in this world, the book Dracula is also real. And they decide that they need to leap through some hoops to try to explain both of those things. It's basically a history book. Mm-hmm. Here, we meet, he meets Elizabeth, Elizabeth Bathory, a distant relationship, relation to him who is now known as the Blood Countess. In real life, she theoretically, she was arrested and jailed for, among other things, torturing women and uh, bathing in their mm -hmm. blood. It might have been because the Crown owed her a whole lot of money instead of actual, like, sadomasochistic cruelty. But in this one, she definitely done it. Dracula turns her into a vampire. Oddly, not as big a th uh, thing as I would have expected the Blood Countess to be. For a while, Dracula rules over a province in Spain, but is driven out following one of the first of many encounters with a quote-unquote golden angel. In 1661, Dracula tires of his wanton brides, his various, you know, vampire kind of succubus things, and seeks out a more reserved bride. He settles on an American woman named Charity Brown from Salem, Massachusetts. Before he can arrive to claim her, however, she's framed for witchcraft and publicly executed. In return, Dracula manipulates the slave Tituba into setting into motion the infamous Salem Witch Trials, which, one, wildly ignores everything that caused the Salem Witch Trials, two, puts way more of the onus on Tituba than she absolutely deserves, and three, makes it the third or fourth origin of the Salem Witch Trials we've covered just on this podcast. So say, I know we've brought up all the other characters that are supposed to be there due to time travel shenanigans. I don't think we've mentioned that Dracula is there like the week before. <laughs> Dracula, the new warrior Firestar, Agatha Harkness, Scarlet Witch, possibly either Quicksilver or Vision. I don't remember if one of them came with. Like, What a wild ride. It's just, it was a very busy week. That's <laughs> one way to put it. In the 1670s, uh, with no one, no one human nearby... Dracula is forced to make do with a cow's blood. He accidentally, however, and I'm not sure how this works, because they're supposed to drink some of your blood too, creates Bessie the Hell Cow, who will go on to be a foe of Howard the Duck. Good for them. It does mean that Bessie the Hell Cow will be a problem in the Marvel Universe for centuries, though. <laughs> That's totally fine. <laughs> I'm happy that that happened. Also, just as a note, Bessie the Hellcow wears a Dracula cape. Like, it needs to be yes. understood. It's amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness. And this is why the Marvel Comics shared universe yes. is one of the greatest things in existence. That's amazing. Also, I'm pretty sure Bessie will team up with Deadpool later on. Why not? <laughs> That's a perfect sidekick for Deadpool. In 1753, while in Germany, Dracula is uh, captured by a group of villagers and tied to a stake. The village priest, Father Eisner, douses him with holy water and drives a stake into his chest. Present at the execution is Eisner's adopted daughter, Marie. After destroying the vampire, Father Eisner suffers a massive heart attack. That evening, Marie removes the stake from Dracula's chest, resurrecting the vampire, and she strikes a bargain with him, swearing that she'd acknowledge Dracula as her savior if he agrees to use his powers to save Father Eisner's life. Sure, he killed you, but whatever. Instead of doing that, even though he agrees to it, 
He tears Eisner's heart from his chest and presents it to Marie as a demonstration of his power. She's like, I will worship you. I freed you and I will worship you if you save my dad. And he's like, okay, here's his heart. Do you want it? <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not what I asked at all. <laughs> <laughs> he then attempts to attack the girl, but uh, she dangles a cross charm in front of Dracula's face, making him run away. Because again... If you can counter a vampire, you can counter Dracula. And I'm not sure if it's easier or harder for him in the modern day. Because everyone knows all of the basic rules now, but not as many people believe in vampires. While in the medieval era, every village had their own solution for vampires. Dracula swears that one day she will beg him to give her life everlasting. They will meet again 70 years later, but I can't actually figure out if she did or did not. Or if she just showed up as like an 80-year-old and gave him the middle finger, which is what I'm choosing to believe. Oh yeah, if she didn't show up anywhere else, I'm assuming she said no. <laughs> Dracula Castle is endangered during the 18th century uh, by a pirate named, very aptly, Helen Deville. Helen is spelled H-E-L-L-Y-N, and Deville is spelled D-E, capital V-I-L-L. Helen. However, Helen Deville will be killed by her own crew when Dracula exposes her as a witch. Was she also wearing the skin of 101 Dalmatians while doing this? Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, yes. I refuse to look up that comic and find that specific thing. I hate it. Uh, and then immediately afterwards, the probably substantially more dangerous uh, combined military threats of Turkey and Catherine the Great's Russia. Yeah, that would be scary. He's forced to flee Transylvania, and he really relocates there in France. There, he rekindles his feud with Cogliostro, uh, who stole the uh, Darkhold before he could. And he becomes an advisor to King Louis uh, the 16th in 1775. Dracula realizes that Cogliostro no longer has the Darkhold, and not fearing the Montesai formula, Dracula vampirizes... Is that the right word, I guess? Vampirizes? Yeah. Turns her into a vampire? Yeah. Uh, Cogliostro's wife, Lorenza Seferina, in revenge for being a jerk to him back in the past. In 1789, Dracula is nearly destroyed by Montplier. Montplier? I gotta... I hate French. One of, Co one of Cogliostro's agents, but he escapes in the confusion of the storming of the Bastille. Oh, yeah, that would happen. Fleeing France because everything's getting a little bit spicy, Dracula vampirizes the Austrian man Henry Sage and uh, the Transylvanian lady Louisa Russoff. In 1795, he staked by her husband, Baron Grigory Russoff, who was bitten by a female werewolf in the attempt. I'm not sure where the female werewolf came up, but... This is the origin story of the werewolf by night lycanthrope curse, so in, we'll find out. Gotcha, gotcha. Hopefully. Grigory becomes the first in the long line of the Rusoffs, which will later become the Russells, that bear the curse of lycanthropy. At least once during this time, Dracula is staked and then unstaked. It has to be Again. at least once. It happens like once. <laughs> no, no, I just mean between this and my next one. Yeah, but like it, <laughs> at least once, because it seems like every five years it happens. Getting tired of this happening, Dracula augments the defenses with various traps, including the infamous Pit of Death, <laughs> which I could not figure out what it was, but I assume it's a pit, quite possibly with spikes in it. 
his solution. Man, I hate getting stabbed in the heart so much. So instead of fixing what I'm doing, I'm just going to make my home dangerous. Instead of putting on armor again. <laughs> like, um, instead of not being <laughs> So uh, in 1809, a man named Lupescu infiltrates Castle Dracula to recover his wife that Dracula had stolen. Dracula had trapped her in the pit of death and forced her to combat four of Dracula's brides. Lupescu survives and arranges the bride's staked corpses in the shape of a giant cross, ensuring that Dracula won't be able to get close enough to reanimate them. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay. Dracula's like, okay, my solution? Vampire. I'm gonna change it up, though. Vampire gladiator pants. <laughs> Which the guy's like, I won. Awesome. Make a little T shape here and so They're all just T posing on him. <laughs> he never went to math class. Dracula vampirizes numerous victims and uh, uh, over the course of the next century, including the young wife of Count Vrisla. Vrisla keeps his God. I no way I have that one correct. I'm so sorry. Anyone who knows any European languages. Vrislaw keeps his wife imprisoned, but sustained on animal blood. Twenty years later, the Countess refuses to drink anything but human blood, and the Count turns to killing local women to make her happy. Drawn out by the rumor of the vampire killings, Dracula tracks down and confronts Count Vrislaw. Vrislaw, so terrified by the vampire lord and his inability to hurt him, decides to kill his wife with a wooden arrow before he dies himself of a heart attack. What? <laughs> Dracula transforms this guy's wife. Uh -huh. This guy captures the wife uh -huh. and starts feeding women to her yeah. over the course of 20 years. Uh -huh. Dracula, probably forgetting that he vampirized a woman, is like, who's this vampire getting in on my territory? I'm going to go take care of them. Like, oh, that's mine. The guy sees Dracula coming and he's like, no way am I beating that. Kill my wife, kill myself. And Dracula probably showed up being like, what is happening? <laughs> like, I'm so confused. Why is it's like Tucker dead? and Dale versus Evil, where they're like, it's just a weird suicide cult happening Except around it us. is Dracula's fault, unlike Tucker and Dale. <laughs> yeah. Dracula's again drawn into politics when Liza Strang convinces him to kill her husband, Archibald Strang, thus assuring that Otto von Bismarck would become Minister President of Prussia. Liza ultimately betrays Dracula, uh, having him ambushed and staked. It just says he recovers. I do not know. It is. He I assume better. he tends to have a minion following like a from, mile behind him from at all times, like <laughs> just far enough that it gives the person who staked him time to leave and be like, here you go. <laughs> oh, happened again. Here we go. He basically just has his own Ozymandias. <laughs> yeah. His own Ozymandias or uh, Igor. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's got a little, like, GPS chip, and whenever it stops moving, he's like, oh, probably got staked. <laughs> he goes and checks it out. <laughs> However, when he read Dracula's air tagged. <laughs> <laughs> However, after he recovers from being staked and returning, he immediately vampirizes Liza in retribution for staking him. This is the problem. His only solution is vampire, but it worked for so long. <laughs> but he, that's a reward for her, not a, not a punishment. Uh, Dracula purchases the frigate Raven in 1862, where he travels to Savannah, Georgia. Uh, it is during this time that he vampirizes a woman named Susie Harlow, a young girl whose vampiric DNA will later be taken by Hydra to create a vampiric clone of Dracula known only as Bloodstorm One, who I'm pretty sure is from the Night Stalker series in the 90s, if you just 
That's a nineties name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he doesn't even it's look as cool as his name. Good. He looks real bad. <laughs> he looks real dumb. What is wrong with him? He has a worse Morbius the Living Vampire costume, and Morbius has the 70s chest. It's Aquaman's like. distant cousin. <laughs> and his hair isn't even as good as Frank Drake's. Oh, no. Oh, Don't God. tell him that. It'll make him very sad. <laughs> Imagine being more pathetic than Frank Drake. Get up, meat. Uh, arriving in Savannah, Dracula, who is a never-ending racist, in case we haven't gotten across how terrible he is, immediately sides with the Confederacy with his Legion of the Damned. Uh, all of this is to try to get the, uh, a woman named Annabelle. Now, the Legion of the Damned does slaughter the Union troops in a battle, but Annabelle's father recognizes Dracula for what he is and stakes him. Annabelle, determined to honor the bargain, removes the stake and returns to Transylvania with him. Basically, I'm going to join the Confederacy if you let me marry Annabelle. Annabelle's dad is like, yeah, wait, actually, no. And Annabelle is like, no, just yeah. This is my choice, Daddy. <laughs> In 1870, Dracula takes advantage of the onset of the Franco-Prussian War by using his vampire legions to occupy Vienna. Oh. How does anyone not know he exists in the Marvel Universe? He's not subtle. No, he's in not. his push through history. Hey, I, I own Vienna now. <laughs> However, he's once again confronted by the mysterious Golden Angel, and he's forced to flee the city where... Uh, and is forced to flee the city. When the pirate captain, Captain Cutlass, loots a French ship bearing some of Dracula's wealth, Dracula vampirizes the captain in front of his three-year-old daughter, Marianne. <laughs> Somehow, Marianne manages to contain and care for her captain father until 1903, when they cross paths with Dracula again in Madrid. In 1879, Royal Phineas Kroner selects Dracula as an appropriately noble suitor for his daughter, Maria. Phineas killed all the other suitors because they were poor. I guess the only person they ever <laughs> met with money was Vlad Dracula. I like you, but um, you're poor, so uh, you gotta go. <laughs> yeah. How about um, that? You know, the Marvel Wiki's next lines is clearly Phineas did, was unaware of Dracula's vampiric nature. I don't think that's clear. <laughs> I, think he's just, I think he's just like, mm-hmm. A lot of you smell really poor. <laughs> it smells like poor in here. <laughs> we can't uh, be having that now. At no. some point, an American marshal, because there's something about Dracula stories that likes to bring in random cowboys, destroys Dracula with a blast of silver buckshot. Though later revived, uh, bits of silver will remain in Dracula's body for decades, weakening him and causing him to age quickly after going without fresh blood for too long. That's awesome. Took a shotgun blast to the face. Man, that Ow. really hurt. Ow. <laughs> God, I just got like 80 years older. Now, the reason for this is to explain why Dracula is as weak as he is in the actual Dracula story. Mm -hmm. Which is what comes up next. Now, in insert this plot of Dracula. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really, uh, if you want to listen to a pretty fast version, the podcast uh, fictional does a pretty good three part telling of it in an appropriately humorous way. However, in this version, because the uh, Bram Stoker Dracula is done in uh, the, the idea of like journals and press clippings and various yada, yada, yada. In this one, it's Bram Stoker actually just collecting these things. It's a memoir. This will send Dracula on a decades-long feud 
with uh, Jonathan Harker and his fiancée, Nina Murray, the main characters from the series, as well as their son, Quincy Harker, who we've discussed before. Now, he is killed at the end of this, but because they didn't actually do vampire killing moves, they just cut off his head and left. Which, you know... He comes back. <laughs> My favorite part of this, though, is that he takes the novel super personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also... He, you know, holds a grudge for the rest of time. And my theory is because he's so mad about the novel making him look weaker than he usually should be. After reading the novel, he pens a venomous letter accusing Stoker of lying, Harker of an opium addiction, and Van Helsing of being part of a long line of charlatan magicians bearing a grudge against him. Which, other than the charlatan part, is mostly accurate. <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> He has a long line of magicians, and you know what? Harker probably was an opium addict. It was the 1890s. I'm just choosing to believe. <laughs> I think it was the 1890s? Yes, 1896. Yes, that was close enough. For good measure, he curses the letter, writing that anyone who finds it will be devoured by his children of the night. Which seems like a weird way of writing a letter. Here's my letter calling everyone I'll say you're jerks. Die. And then, oh, hey, you read this? You're going to die. Welcome to the plot of the ring. <laughs> American journalists Mark Cordier and David Frazier become the first to discover the letter a century later and immediately are killed by vampires. Oops. Because of the curse. Yeah. In 1897, Dracula discovers the existence of Clan Akaba and its relation to Ensaba Nur. Clan Akaba is a secret society of the direct descendants of Apocalypse through the history. Deciding it's time to take revenge on his murderer, Dracula emits clan or plan vampire where he just starts turning all of Clan Akaba into vampires. So they will kill Dracula. Forgetting, not Dracula, so they'll kill Apocalypse. Forgetting that Apocalypse is significantly more powerful than the rest of his clan combined. However, it comes surprisingly close to work, working and is defeated by actual opium addict uh, Jack Hawksmore. <laughs> How long have you been smoking, Not Hawksmore, Starsmore. Starsmore. Hawksmore is a DC character. Uh, Starsmore, who is the, de not descended, uh, ancestor of the Generation X member Chamber, who's famous for blowing his chin off with mutant powers. Yes. Jaw off. Uh, wow. As yeah. well as an elderly Van Helsing and Apocalypse, creating just a wild team up. It was awesome. Blew his chin off. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Was not. He did not enjoy it. Well, no. Yeah. And then he just had fire coming yeah. out of his <laughs> chest for the rest of the time. Good for him. <laughs> he has warm hugs. It's like a Cyclops' eye blast, except throat fire. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> his uh, heartburn the power. Dracula thinks his plan is going really well until Apocalypse stabs him in the chest with his arm transformation thingy. Yeah. And, you know, Dracula flees. <laughs> I would, I think anyone would think it's going well until you get stabbed. Because then when you get stabbed, you're like, this isn't going well. <laughs> I gotta go. Van Helsing will eventually stab him again and places him inside his coffin, which is then moved into a deep cave blocked by heavy stone. How he escapes that isn't actually made clear. He can turn the mist. <laughs> Probably. In 1898, a vampiric uh, Romani woman, Margarita, frees Dracula by tricking Frankenstein's monster into believing she knows the location of the last living Frankenstein, 
When the monster removes the stone at the mouth of the cave, Margarita removes the stake from Dracula's body, reviving him. After murdering some local villagers to regain his strength, Dracula battles Frankenstein's monster, who aims to stop his killing spree. After a brief struggle, the monster thrusts Dracula into the breaking daylight, weakening him long enough to allow the monster to stake him through the heart, killing Dracula again. Good for Frankenstein. We might actually do an episode on Frankenstein. He's not a huge character, but it's just really interesting to me that they were like, all right, where's the Dracula? Let's try it again. In the 19, not in the 1900s, in the early 20th century, Dracula's finally shirked off the last of the effects of the silver buckshot that he'd been shot with like 20 years before. In 1903, Dracula encounters Captain Cutlass again, uh, where Dracula attacks... Moraine, the, the little girl, the daughter, and the captain breaks free and fights back against Dracula, who stakes him. Angered by Dracula's disruption of the natural order, death, like, death, the embodiment of... Yeah, the Grim Reaper. Thanos' girlfriend. <laughs> oh. No. Grim Reaper's boss. <laughs> gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, good for, good for uh, Thanos, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Uh, but death takes the form of Carlos Muertos and raises a mob against him in Madrid. The mob stakes and buries him, but before long, grave robbers find the body and remove the stake. Because why not? It's one of his powers is he always gets unstaked. <laughs> <laughs> the enraged count finds and vampirizes each member of the mob that's killed him wow. and leads his new army against the town of San Cristo. Dracula fails to account for the time difference, however, and is incinerated with his army by the rising sun. Uh, what? He forgot about time zones and got him and his army killed in his battle <laughs> against death. Okay, how do we fix this? Because it's too powerful. Uh, time zones. Dracula's servants soon recover his ashes and revive him by placing them in soil from his native Transylvania. Actually, Wallachia, but... How do you find ashes? They were standing really close. There's like the one non-vampire guy in this army going, oh crap, oh crap, get it, get it, get it, get it, get the bucket, get the bucket. After his latest resurrection, Death, who was mostly just mad that Dracula refuses to stay dead, concedes defeat and calls for a temporary truce. Not able to, you know, vampirize the living embodiment of Death, Dracula goes for it. I can't kill you, you can't vampire me. You can't kill me, let's do it, yeah. We're done. In the turmoil shortly before World War I, Lord John Falsworth invades Dracula's tomb, hoping to turn him into a living weapon for the Kaiser. Instead, Dracula turns him into a vampire. Oops. Sends him to England to wreak havoc as the first Baron Blood. Also, I just realized I had that wrong. Lord John Falsworth would not be doing that for the Kaiser. He wanted to turn him into a living weapon against the Kaiser. <laughs> But Vlad had a no-you card. For the part I keep getting that wrong on is Baron Blood turns into a Nazi. So I'm always like, he must be German, even though he's very much not German. Also around this time, Dracula finally slays John Harker. <laughs> Good for Dracula. So kind of leaves out the part of, I mean, in classic immortal fashion of like, you pantsed me for decades, but now you're like 80, so what are you going to do? Uh, stab you in the heart with a spoke from your, <laughs> from your chair and blow uh, you both up. <laughs> the classic Harker move. <laughs> I'll blow us both up. Uh, in 1926 in Rome, Dracula makes the enemy of mobster Nick Diablo, 
who puts out several contracts against him. All three hitmen sent by Diablo, as well as Diablo's girlfriend, Luisa Morelli, are vampirized and sent back to kill Diablo. <laughs> which I mostly just bring this one up because I love the idea of Dracula versus the mob. That's actually a good way to get rid of the I mob. I would read yeah. that every... Send him back home. God. Dracula meets Marianne Cutlass again and vampirizes her husband, Count Macros de la Triena. Really bummed out that both her dad and her husband have been turned into vampires, Marianne allows her husband to vampirize her. Years later, Marianne will return to Dracula, begging him to end her cursed existence after her husband was staked by Blade. Blade do what Blade do. Marianne does not have a happy story. Nah. A lot of these people don't. (laughs) During World War II, Dracula returns home to Castle Dracula, where the Count discovers his Romani servants were being killed by the Nazis. The Count does not like Nazis and ends up even teaming up with Nick Fury's Howling Commandos. I do want to say, maybe just the tiniest little bit of, like, yeah, you were kind of a craphead for going and signing with the Confederates earlier, but at least you're opposed to Nazis. (laughs) Honestly... I'm amazed by it because it's the one time in his life he wasn't racist. <laughs> and you bet, I'm going to bet he's got some anti-Semitism. I think really what it was is, you killed my people. Only I get to kill my people. <laughs> now uh, I kill you. <laughs> <laughs> he is, I mean, he does seem in general to be very pro-Romani, if only because... That's true. He has <laughs> many terrible things, he's, but he's not a Nazi. I will grant you that. Welcome to the very low bar. Yeah. <laughs> he's very many things, but he's not a Nazi. <laughs> Percival Pinkerton, uh, however, a member of Nick Fury's Howling Commandos, promises that he'll tell Van Helsing of Dracula's whereabouts. Dracula welcomes the challenge. Well, in reality, I mean, that's how he approaches it. My theory is him going, crap, 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 crap. <laughs> yeah, great. Bring it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping you kill Nazis, man. <laughs> During World War II, Weapon Plus, the uh, precursor to the Weapon X uh, that creates Wolverine. That's amazing. Commandeers the Ravencroft Institute, which is an institute for the insane that Carnage hangs out at, and begins conducting experiments on the inmates with the aid of Count Dracula, turning several of them into grotesque vampiric monstrosities. Captain America and Bucky attack the Institute, looking for a friend of theirs... Jonas Ravencroft unleashes the vampire monsters on Weapon Plus personnel before committing suicide. <laughs> that that could be a Resident Evil game right there. Right? <laughs> it doesn't quite make sense plot-wise, but There's it weird does. grotesque monsters, all the bad guys die, and you're in a... Probably mo- kill some Nazis, You're yeah. in a mansion-like setting, you're good. In 1944, in retaliation for his various anti-Nazi moves, the Nazis occupy Castle Dracula, using as a regional headquarters... Dracula vampirizes their commander, Hauptmann Rudolf Kreis, to bodily possess possess him and lead him to kill his own troops. Kreis has no recollection of his vampiric activities and begins a hunt for the vampire killer that ultimately led himself to him. He's then staked by a second-in-command, Lieutenant Willy Hansen. In 1945, Dracula attacks Quincy and Elizabeth Harker at an opera. Both survive, but Elizabeth is nearly drained of blood and never fully recovers. In the 40s, Dracula is prevented from feeding off a village girl near Castle Mordo, home of Baron Mordo, although probably at this point now, the one-day home of Baron Mordo. In the same way that the Quincy Harker thing probably no longer takes place in the 1940s, thanks to the sliding Marvel timescale, <laughs> which I love and hate. 
during this time, Dracula keeps a watchful eye on Gregor Rusov, correctly surmising that he has the Darkhold. In 1951, a man named Tartov spends a night outlining his family's long bummer of a history with Dracula <laughs> for the writer Sandor Xavier. Tartoff also believes that if Dracula cannot feed on his blood by the end of the night, he may be destroyed forever. The validity of Tartoff's theory may never be known, as the man posing as Xavier revealed himself to be Dracula and slays Tartoff only an hour before dawn. Honestly, in the early 20th century, Dracula is at the top of his game when it comes to actually doing fun villain stuff. It's mostly goofing on people way less powerful than him, but, like, he's found the level that he can compete at. <laughs> goofing on people. Mm -hmm. At some point, Dracula slays the last of the adult Van Helsings as their nine-year-old daughter Rachel looks on. Quincy Harker will save Rachel, uh, and she will spend the rest of her life wanting to kill Dracula. Fair. When Dracula in the modern day, quote-unquote modern day, <laughs> tracks down and vampirizes his old enemy Jamal Afari, his disciple, Blade the Vampire Hunter, swears vengeance against him. Blade will join a group of vampire hunters who manage to stake him in China, but he's revived by uh, his servant Kuai Hua and her handmaidens. As revenge, Dracula kills most of the group, leaving only Musenda and Blade alive. At one point, Dracula learns of Jackson Cupboard, not spelled like a cupboard, but that's just immediately what I think of when I say it out loud. Yeah. Anyways, at one point, Dracula learns of Jackson Cupboard, who claims to be the reincarnation of Dracula's old rival, Cagliostro. Dracula has his coffin shipped to Manhattan to investigate, only to learn that Cupboard is a fraud and uh, suffers through the withdrawal after drinking the blood of a drug addict. So a drug addict claimed to be the reincarnation of his sworn enemy. Dracula's like, I don't know, that guy might be real. Let me fly to America to figure it out. Oh, God, he was on heroin. <laughs> oh, God, now I'm on heroin. <laughs> Psych, now you're a heroin addict. Marie Laval has her servant bring Dracula's coffin to New Orleans, where he's drawn to a young girl he had recently vampirized. She obtains a sample of his blood for her immortality serum and proposes a more permanent alliance. But Dracula refused, irritated at being bound by force. In Paris, Dracula is confronted by Helene Dubois, great-great-granddaughter of Coliostro's man Jacques Dubois, who sends an animated gargoyle to fight Dracula. During this time, he will also vampirize CIA pilot Roberta Christensen, who continues to fight him afterwards, ultimately crashing her own plane in an effort to destroy him. In Paris, Dracula meets an American girl named Mary, who, after years of failed relationships, actually embraced on death as one of his brides. When even Dracula abandons her, she impales herself on a stake. That's brutal. Hmm. Dracula is staked by a Scotsman and tossed into his own pit of death. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll just move on past that one. He mentally sends his agent, Comte Saint-Germain, to obtain the Amulet of Zarathos to revive him, but he's foiled by a young Sue and Johnny Storm, future members of the Fantastic Four. Heck yeah. I, do, I know nothing about this story. I want to know everything about this story. Eventually, Dracula's descendant, Frank Drake, inherits the castle, and his friend, Clifton Graves, friend is a very broad term there, <laughs> uh, unstakes him and is immediately killed. Like a good friend. Frank's fiance is also vampirized, and uh, Frank will go on to be traumatized for the rest of time by Dracula just messing with him. And Drake joins the various vampire hunters, including Rachel Van Helsing, Quincy Harker, and... Uh, 
Dracula will also go up against foes like the werewolf, Jack Russell, the most recent of the Russoffs, and his girlfriend Topaz, who we covered back in one of our witches episodes. Mm-hmm. Also, somewhere around this time, or possibly earlier, thanks to the sliding time scale, it's hard to say, but it's depicted as the 70s, Dracula gets conned by super thief the Black Fox who gets into a high-stakes underground poker game with Dracula, but then arranges the monster hunter... Uh, oh, God, I can't think of his name. Uh, something blood... Ulysses Bloodstone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To interrupt the middle of the fight, and while he's fighting off Bloodstone, Black Fox steals all of Dracula's money that he had with him and runs away. That's actually kind of cool. It'll come up again later, but it's not... Okay, honestly, I bring it up because I got very distracted reading the Black Cat comic series that's out right now Mm. instead of doing the Dracula research I should have been doing. And I was like, oh, Dracula, shut up. It's okay. (laughs) Dracula usurps uh, Castle Dunwick in London and making it the newest Castle Dracula and banishes the father or the spirit of the former owner's father who wants to sacrifice her to Darkling Gods. Whittier, the former owner, uh, Sheila Whittier, breaks free from Dracula and much to his surprise and leaves him for David Eshkal. When Dracula kills her lover, she threw herself out the window, choosing suicide over being his thrall. Dracula also suffers considerable agony when he enters into the Vatican to slay Giuseppe Montesai and destroy the Montesai formula. He seems to remember the Montesai formula exists roughly every hundred years. He's like... Oh, yeah, they're doing can, a thing that can wipe things out that I like. It, that stops me from. Being However, me. Montesai had already sent the formula to Quincy Harker. Sometime after this, Dracula crosses Dr. Sun, who I've mentioned before and will come up more in a later episode because he's just too good to not talk about. He is a human brain in a robot body that requires blood to survive. It's amazing. He's Dr. Sun, the robot vampire. I love that. I love that so much. Uh, they will go on to have off and on battles between him, Dr. Sun's ass- assassin Juno, who is a man with a silver stake for a hand, and Blade and the various oh God, vampire hunters. He is. Yes, no, literally. He is the villain from Shang-Chi with a least, less useful weapon hand. Servant of Dr. Sun specifically trained to defeat Vlad Dracula and had his right hand replaced by a silver lance. In credit to the idiot, he does succeed several times. Wow. Yeah, including by burning him to death with a flamethrower. That'll do it. Way to go. Uh, During this time, Dracula is... Oh my god, Dr. Sun is even better than I imagined. What's up, this part? I could never have imagined that's the art. Yeah, actually, I considered us reading Dr. Sun comics for one of our future episodes, but unfortunately, or probably fortunately, he's a recurring character, not like a, like, here's a five-issue arc that's, like, a perfect read for him. I do like, however, that the way that he's brought back this time is by the other vampire hunters to get help defeating Dr. Sun by putting virgin tears on Dracula's ashes. No other time has virgin tears ever been mentioned. They're just that extra. (laughs) He's Quincy Harker. That's awesome. And Blake. Son will become a father again after marrying his third wife, his third wife that he cares about, Domini. Domini is about to become a human sacrifice of Anton Lupeski's Church of Satan. Now, this is a different Anton and different Church of Satan than the one that we read in Hellstrom. Okay. It makes sense that there's a lot... (laughs) This is nature of the beast. 
However, Dracula interrupts by posing as the devil himself. So these these writers were really just like, we need a church of Satan, so it's going to be led by an Anton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The real Anton was a jerk, so I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind either, honestly. Satan, Dracula, demands the girl uh, that they're trying to sacrifice so he might sire a son. Lupeski, the Anton in question, sees right through the deception, but hopes the child will be powerful under his... Uh, and under his control. Lupeski marries the two, and they have a somewhat demonic-looking son named Janus. When things don't go as planned, because he's a high priest of Satan that no one cares about, and he's hoping to beat Dracula in the case of his own son, Lupeski attempts several times to destroy Dracula. At one point, Lupeski manages to somehow summon the Silver Surfer to destroy Dracula. They fight to a standstill, which means Silver Surfer was not trying, before Domini <laughs> convinces the Surfer to leave Dracula be. When a more mundane assassination attempt accidentally kills Judas, the kid in question, Dracula crushes Lupeski's skull. Janus's death sends Dracula into a depression as he reflects on how each of his previous children have always turned on him. Also, we've not mentioned her, but by this point, Lilith Drake also is out there being the daughter of Dracula, getting ready to try to murder Dracula. It's a family tradition. Okay, yeah, yeah. Domini, the wife, magically resurrects the child, but it becomes merged with the golden angel who has beaten him up multiple times in the past. The composite being grows instantly to adulthood and goes on to trouble Dracula for years. As punishment for posing as Satan and siring Janus, Mephisto strips Dracula of all of his unholy powers. Dracula grows so desperate for help and to get his powers back that he actually prays to God, which is a confusing place to pray to try to get your vampire powers. God, I know I've done some things. But if you could let me do some more things, that would be great. <laughs> but he stole from me. <laughs> Mephisto, just tickled pink at Dracula debasing himself, goes, that was fun, and gives Dracula his powers back. <laughs> That's a Mephisto thing to do. <laughs> just having fun. Shortly after this, Dracula will be staked by the silver spike-wielding Quincer Harker. Harker dies when he blows up the castle in the process. Dracula, however, will be returned. They take the stake out. In a resurrection that I've never quite been able to figure out, Dracula is revived by Florence Ebers to serve as the immortal body for her resurrected husband, Augustus. I know it's Augustus, but I like Augustus better. Augustus Gloop? Yep. She used the Yazdi gem to impose Augustus Gloops, no, just Augustus, his personality on Dracula, but destroys the gem when he turns on her. Dracula also gets caught up with the satanic cult of the Enclave. Later, Jacques MacDonald will uh, begin to merge minds with Dracula after, I guess, Jack. Jackie? I don't know. J-A-C-Q-U-E. Jacques. Jacques. Jacques, but it's a woman. Still Jacques. Okay, Jacques MacDonald... Uh, starts to merge minds with Dracula after she receives a blood transfusion from her mother, who was a former victim of Dracula. Dracula is weakened as Jacques begins to take on his sinister personality, but she expels his influence by sheer force of will. Returning to the partially rebuilt castle, Dracula announces, or renounces, sorry, and slays his brides. Dracula suffers an embarrassment when he bites Howard the Duck, but is, uh, all he gets out of it is a bad taste in his mouth. Manipulated by the six-fingered hand, Dracula sides with the defenders against his rival vampire, Gordsky. Dracula twice fails in an attempt to make the X-Man Storm one of his vampire brides, but we will meet 
two different versions of uh, alternate universe versions of Storm who successfully are turned into his bride, becoming the villainous Bloodstorm. Interesting. In unrelated stories we will not mention again, I just... Bloodstorm's a funny name. <laughs> uh, during this time, Dracula will seize control of the cult of the Darkholders and will make him... or make them magically enhance him to cancel out most of his powers, making him strong enough to face Thor in battle, though he is defeated. However, shortly after this, uh, attempting to get the Darkhold again, he is defeated by Doctor Strange, who uses the Matasai formula to destroy all vampires. Now, in fairness, I am not sure where the Dracula story that we already read fits into this timeline, because I think it came out after the Montesai formula story, mm. but it, it it just doesn't come up too much. He's killed there again in that story, uh, mostly because he couldn't figure out how to use a CD-ROM. Right. <laughs> Not for lack of trying. Uh, which ends with Frank Drake disappearing into obscurity before he will randomly return with nanotech weaponry and a <laughs> Renaissance shirt. Nano machine, son. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, during this time, Inspector J- Judiah Golem wounds Dracula to such an extent that the purity of the sacrificed souls overwhelm him, causing an explosion. A mysterious explosion somehow fuses Frank Drake, Hannibal King, and Bloodstorm One, the Dracula clone we mentioned earlier, into a new monstrous Dracula. Eventually, the real Dracula spirit takes advantage of the situation, displacing Drake and Queen and making him the master of the new body. So basically, he's killed and forced out of his body killed, but then takes over the body of Bloodstorm 1, which will probably never be mentioned again. You know what? If it makes us the Bloodstorm 1 can't come back, I'm fine with it. Yeah, you know, It's kind of like how Lex Luthor has cloned himself more than once. Mm-hmm. Lilith Drake, his daughter, is taunted by Dracula with the knowledge that the spells freeing her from vampiric weaknesses also meant that she can never actually kill her father. So she infects him with the blo- uh, with a blood virus created by Dr. Charles Seward. Seward is a big character, I believe, in the... Uh, nope, that's a different Dr. Seward. My bad. There is a Dr. Seward in the Clone Saga from Spider-Man. Oh. So I was thinking... That, but that's Seward Tainer, not Dr. Charles Seward. Yeah, this is definitely a reference to Jack Seward, who is in Dracula. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I forgot about that one. There's so many... Forgettable white guys. <laughs> There's like six Frank Drakes in that book. <laughs> well, because there was three of them that were all vying for Lucy Westerna's hand. Mm-hmm. Dr. Mm-hmm. Seward, um, Arthur Holmwood, and Quincy Morris. Mm-hmm. Dracula is able to survive the blood virus by feeding on Seward, who had used his own cursed blood to create the disease. So he used cursed blood to create the disease, and then when you drink the cursed blood, you're cured from the disease, and Dracula's like, lucky day. Dracula encounters the mutants known as Generation X, and is later forced to work with Elsa Bloodstone, daughter of his old-school weakness, Ulysses, not weakness, enemy, Ulysses Bloodstone. The two opposed the Nosferatu vampires, who had hoped to infect other pure-blood vampires with a virus that would make them into immortal blood donors. With the millennium approaching, and a story that Marvel probably tries not to talk to anymore because the year 2000 was 20 years ago, 22 years ago, 
Dracula prepares for the Ritual of Ascendance and surrounds himself with armies of vampires from around the world to protect him during his weakened incubation state. Dracula succeeds despite the opposition of a new group of vampire hunters, gaining immense power and growing to a gargantuan size, basically becoming a Power Rangers villain. When Dracula takes D Divinity Drake as his vampire bride, Divinity reveals herself to be, in fact, the Sorcerer Amshed. Amshed brings forth the mystical Lodestone, which summons the souls of everyone to be vampirized since the last ritual performed by Varney. Again, the purity of the souls overwhelms Dracula, and Blade stakes him for good measure to make sure he's destroyed. The remaining vampire armies in the area are destroyed by the spiritual backlash. <laughs> Just in case. I was like, and we're gonna overload Dracula, and Blade's like, I'm getting in my say. <laughs> I'm here. Try and stop me. Dracula's body, I guess the Bloodstone 1 body destroyed in this one also doesn't stick, and he returns under unknown circumstances and attempts to vampirize Spider-Man, but it doesn't work because Spider-Man is protected by his radioactive blood. Spider-blood. Spider-blood. Immunity to vampires is spider a Spider-Man power that is not often mentioned and I was unaware of until this week. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Dracula remains low for several years until he randomly decides to meet up with Victor Von Doom on the moon. As you do. Yeah. Where he attempts to make a non-aggression treaty with Doom and Doom's group, who are known as the Cabal, which is a group of various supervillains, including Loka, Loki, the White Queen, Norman Osborn, who at the time was had Nick Fury's job, oh. and the supervillain known as the Hood, mm. as their own evil Illuminati. Wait, there's a good Illuminati? Uh, Reed Richards, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Professor X, and Black Bolt. Huh. Uh, side Every note? Every character who should not be allowed to make bad decisions for the rest of everyone else, all in one room making bad decisions for everyone else. Side note, I have a feeling that uh, Anthony Ramos is going to make The Hood five times more interesting than he's ever been before. Well, he's never actually been interesting, so... I've always rooted for The Hood because I like the design even though it's so f Simple, I've always wanted to root for the hood, and he will come up after the monster section in the not sure where this fits section, along with, you know, Moon Knight, Chang-Chi. Mm -hmm. You know, all the people that the hood regularly gets punched by. <laughs> um, <laughs> the hood is a low-level crime lord who gets a demon cape to become a higher-level crime lord. So with the cape, he's on the level of Kingpin. It's a Mephisto cape. Gotcha. <laughs> no, it's a Dormammu. Dormammu. That's yeah, right. That's, that's right. It's a Dormammu. So game. much more interesting. That is, Anyways, actually, yes. <laughs> getting back onto things, Dracula uses this non-aggression pact to give himself the space and time to attempt to invade all of England from the moon. <laughs> However, thanks to really messed up moves by uh, Pete Wisdom. <laughs> yeah. And the invasion of Gloriana, formerly known as Magan, the wife of Captain Britain, and the new Lord of Hell. So, a lot of things going against him. All of the vampires but Dracula burn up. Because they turned England into a house. Yeah, we read this way back mm -hmm. when. Uh, and I can't believe Max's sentence there was technically correct. <laughs> this is our home. We're not invited. Oh, no! We must protect our house! <laughs> we must protect our house! 
Dracula will later attend the gathering of all vampire sects that happen once every century. What? S-E-C-T-S. Okay. Sects. Okay. It's not big vampire orgy. It's like, probably a big vampire orgy. <laughs> yeah. Both are definitely happening. Like, wow, Marvel However, went, Marvel went for it. The part that we're seeing on page is not the orgy. Gotcha, gotcha. Thank goodness. There, he's murdered by his formerly unmentioned son, Zerus. Mm-hmm. Continuing the legacy. <laughs> as well as a group of Atlantean vampires. That's new. Which should be way more terrifying and powerful than it actually is. Yeah. They should be worse than the apocalypse vampires. Dracula, after being staked by the sun, I, just, I think I just said killed, but staked, pushes his son away, uh, but is immediately attacked by the Nosferatu, the Atlanteans, and another sect known as the Charnaputra, who all stake him several more times. And then he's killed by Zerus. So I wasn't wrong. There's just a lot more stabbings and a very E2 Brute thing, I'm sure. This is from that X-Men Dracula thing that I've been complaining about since we started the uh, gotcha. Dracula stories. Zerus <laughs> orders his father's remains to be separated and asks for the other leaders to choose between siding with him or dying. 24 hours later, all of Zerus's enemies, save his brother Janus, the golden angel guy, have been exterminated and he's now succeeded in becoming the new Lord of Vampires. Zerus and his army then attack the X-Men for reasons that no one quite understands. And the X-Men resurrect Dracula, who returns the favor and kills Zerus by ripping his head off. Yeah, that works. Sure. Dracula then attempts to unite all of the world's monsters under his rule. But to do so, he has to marry the monster queen, Shikla, who will come up in a later episode. So if this part's confusing... That's because I have not yet figured out Sheikla other than she's connected to Deadpool. Like, I, I know the basics, but I don't understand the story, really. Gotcha. Who is the queen of an ancient kingdom of monsters. Also Dra a succubus. Also a succubus. Dracula hires Deadpool for reasons that no one can understand. I don't think Dracula understands that either. To retrieve Sheikla from a resting place and bring her to New York City for said wedding. Deadpool misses his deadline, and uh, Dracula orders Deadpool to be killed, sending a dominated werewolf by night and the new Frightful Four, among others, after him. But the new Frightful Four is... Probably his... Frankenstein's daughter. monster, Encantu the Living Mummy, the alien, the alien electrical life form, he's made of electricity, Zax, spelled X-Z-A-X, and Marcus, who is a centaur with a venom symbiote. That's kind of badass. They came up before, and I just have to mention them every time because I would read a hundred issues of that team. I'd watch a hundred episodes <laughs> of that team. Uh, meanwhile, while Deadpool's being attacked, Sheikla's brothers, thought long dead, arrive at his home for the wedding, meaning that Sheikla was not a queen, but merely a princess. Wait, 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 wait. We got to back up for a second because I just opened up Marcus's wiki page. You didn't give him his full descriptor here. Okay, I love you're this. right. Marcus, the diabetic gladiator centaur werewolf with a symbiote and robot legs. What in the world? They know what they're doing when they make those characters, and they're making people like Tyler and I really happy, and making people who take themselves too seriously go, comics are dumb. <laughs> diabetic. Gladiator centaur werewolf with a symbiote and robot legs. He He's should never lose. <laughs> <laughs> or he should always lose. That's amazing. His character quote at the top of the page is, 
and a time to make sure that my blood sugar is in proper balance. He's a walking commercial. <laughs> this is one of the things I love about the uh, like complete shared timelines because you get extremely serious characters along with these joke characters. He should always have a bucket of candy with him. And this is how Squirrel Girl became so big. Squirrel Girl? <laughs> what? Right. It's Steven that's obsessed with Squirrel Girl. <laughs> She's a mutant. She beats up Thanos. What? He lost two Squirrel She stops Galactus from eating the Earth by helping him find a planet full of nuts to feed on instead. What? This is so good. Go, guys, just Google the new Frightful Four. That's amazing. We might. You know what? I doubt we'll do an episode, but we will definitely put some time into them on the Frankenstein episode. I promise. Yeah, if it's... <laughs> Anyways, while Deadpool is still making his way to Sheikla to New York, Dracula murders her brothers, once again making her a queen. Sheikla finds out and marries Deadpool in revenge and rouses those loyal against her to the forces of Dracula. This also makes Deadpool the king of monsters. Wow. I can totally see that happening. He's like, what? <laughs> why, why are we married? All the creatures living in Monster Metropolis begin fighting on the streets of New York while Shikla steals into Dracula's lair. Dracula uses Medusa's head to petrify her, but Deadpool arrives to save his new wife. Deadpool stakes Dracula with his own severed hand, and Deadpool's cancerous blood nullifies Dracula's healing factor, forcing Dracula to escape towards a hidden safe house in New York sewers. With the help of the Thunderbolts, Blade, and Deadpool's friends, Dracula's forces are defeated and the survivors retreat to the safe house, where Dracula orders them to never again mention Deadpool to him. That's his solution is don't talk about Deadpool. Let's just, let's just call them all again and pretend this <laughs> never happened. Hey guys, this didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, boss? Part of me was like kind of, anytime we were talking about the next section, like here's the vampires, here's what comes next, is always worried that next section's going to be boring. But then I read literally anything about the monster era, and I'm like, That's pretty yeah, good. we're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dracula still wants his revenge, while well, even though he's banned anyone from mentioning Deadpool, and he develops a serum that enhances his existing vampiric abilities, making him stronger, faster, better than ever before. That's the $6 million man. I just couldn't stop myself. Uh... But basically making himself a super vampire, except he's already the vampire lord, so he's now a super, super vampire. He plans on creating an army of super vampires, but when a squadron of them defeat a dozen of Sheikla's best soldiers, Deadpool steals a time machine from the ruins of the Baxter building to retrieve Dazzler from the past. Blair would then use her light powers to destroy the enhanced vampires, first with Deadpool and then with Sheikla. Dazzler is a disco mutant... Literally created in conjunction with a disco company as a cross-promotional thing. We have an episode of Word Balloons on her. We're not getting into it right now, but I love her. Okay. With the mutant ability to transfer or to convert sound into light. Disco. Yeah. Cool. Which is makes her an amazing vampire hunter. And um, she's actually currently starring in a series called Exterminators, where her... Boom Boom, and uh, Jubilee, and Laura Kinney, X-23, all-new Wolverine, team up to kill vampires together. Yeah. Severely weakened by Deadpool's cancerous blood, 
Dracula buys a Mark V Spider Slayer robot to take his revenge, but the contraption is destroyed when Deadpool manages to place a mound of thermite on its back. Dracula sees Wilson without his costume, however, and decides that letting Deadpool remain alive in that state would be meaner than destroying him. He's not wrong. Yes. <laughs> also, he's just calling another mulligan, let's be really honest here. <laughs> he's like, I can't do this. At some point following his encounter with Deadpool, Dracula's taken into S.H.I.E.L.D. custody and turned over to Stake, which is like S.H.I.E.L.D., but for magic stuff. A uh, special threat assessment for known extra-normalities. Extra normality. We'll come up in our later episode of how governments make bad plans to deal with the magic world. There's like 16 different versions of like the shield mystical sector. So that's where that's coming up. That's fair. Oh my God. I love the stake emblem. It is a circle with a wolf head and six coffins and two cross daggers and a star, but not nearly as complicated as that sounds. I might make a shield of that for my wacky bats foam fighting game. Really cool. Huh. Uh, escaping from stake, Dracula returns to his castle in Romania, taking an enthralled vampire by night with him. Vampire by night is the daughter of werewolf by night. Neither one of them actually referred to themselves as that in the... Right, it's the things. werewolf and the vampire. Yeah. Actually, she might be ver- vampire by night. I think night. she is it's vampire ooh. by night. I think she is vampire by night. <laughs> Dracula then begins to call all the vampires from around the world to him, where they too fall under his thrall. Of note was the sudden disappearance of Jubilee, which was detected by Cerebra and Exhaven and brought the attention of Logan. Because Jubilee is a vampire at this stage. Tracking Jubilee down to Romania, Logan encounters the Howling Commandos, who is a team of mystical villains, not villains, mystical characters assembled by S.H.I.E.L.D., to fight mystical characters. They decide to team up, and as the commandos attack the vampires guarding Dracula's castle uh, to create a distraction, Logan breaks in to seek out those missing. When Logan finally finds Jubilee, Dracula reveals himself and bites the would-be rescuer. However, Logan's healing factor counteracts the change, allowing him to continue the fight, though he's still defeated, making another person with the immunity to vampires an unknown, a previously unknown superpower. Although... So he would be immune to vampires is why Captain America wears the scale mail on his neck. Literal, that's why the costume change happened. Gotcha. <laughs> that's fair. Many of the Howling Commandos are defeated by the horde of vampires led by Vampire by Night and are also captured. However, the Warwolf has managed to call for backup, which arrive in the form of Orgo and the Man-Thing. I love the Howling Commandos. Who free both Logan and the team. Logan then fights Dracula yet again, though their battle is seemingly evenly matched, until Orgo, who is a giant monster man, captures Dracula and burns him with the sunlight, weakening his hold over the other vampires. This allows Jubilee to break free from the thrall, knocking Dracula off balance and allowing Logan to decapitate him with his claws. Logan then has Dracula's severed head disposed of by Cerebra, who unceremoniously hurls it into the sun. It also doesn't take. Yeah. Dracula returns again uh, and hangs out in Latvia for a while. He's tracked down by Deadpool and Spider-Man, though, with the help of Cammy Van Helsing, a previously unknown Van Helsing, the last scion of the Van Helsing family. 
No longer afraid of Dracula, after witnessing his state, Cammy confronts him and the two faced off in a match of Versus to determine whether Dracula assisted them in mustering his vampires against Shikla's army of monsters from Monster Metropolis invading Manhattan, or Cammy let him consume her. Dracula win or Cammy wins, sorry, that's almost a very different story. And Dracula joins the heroes on their return to New York City. I'm pretty sure Versus is a card game. Probably is. Or they arm wrestle. <laughs> When Dracula promises to help Deadpool fight Shikla, because their marriage has fallen apart, Dracula decided to propose marriage to Shikla as soon as they were reunited. Shikla accepts the marriage proposal, and she and Dracula are married. This is the unexpected result of convincing Shikla of abdicating her throne as she grew uncomfortable of ruling her subjects through force. Dracula and Shikla then bounce. Cool. Even though he married her to... I don't understand. I think Dracula's just like... I got a wife out of this. I don't want to deal with Deadpool anymore. Peace. <laughs> I mean, if you... Deadpool's a handful. <laughs> Appearing again, seemingly dying of old age, and with Shikla nowhere to be seen, Dracula orchestrates a plan to seize a portion of Russia's territory. He instructs his reborn son, Zerus, who's now on his side again, to adopt the identity of the Shadow Colonel a purported dissident, a vampire who contested the throne aided by this Legion of the Unliving. Under this pretense, Zerus commits genocide on his own people, weeding out the weaker members of the vampiric race. Taking a frail and weakened appearance, Dracula used these attacks to seek refuge in Russia and exchanged all his knowledge for a piece of territory where he could allegedly spend his final days in peace. The Russian government dispatched Dracula to Chernobyl, unaware that he could still strive in this land because... He's not going to be killed by radiation. He just can't vampirize someone too radiated. Uh, also, the Russian government's like, sure, we'll give you some land. Give him Chernobyl. <laughs> Dracula's like, oh, bummer. Exactly what I wanted. <laughs> the Lord of Vampires then reunites with the Legion of the Unliving, who he is theoretically fighting against, and declares it the Kingdom of the Vampires. After he establishes his kingdom, Dracula becomes once again the leader of the vampire nation. He resurfaces later in Paris while humankind was distracted by the rise of the sovereign mutant nation of Krakoa. The vampire nation uses this opportunity to rise in the shadows. Just like the mutants were now united behind their leader, Charles Xavier, the vampires were now also united behind Dracula. Dracula hires Omega Red, a uh, mutant villain of Wolverine, and promised him the carbon. Carbonadium Synthesizer in exchange for his services. The Carbonadium Synthesizer is a mouthful of a MacGuffin that keeps Omega Red from dying from his own powers and upgrades. Omega Red's first mission is to enter Kakoa and lure Wolverine to one of Dracula's hideouts in Paris in order to allow Dracula's soldiers to steal his blood. Once done, Wolverine's blood was then transferred to Dracula, allowing him to now survive when exposed to daylight. His mission completed, Omega Red returns to Paris and was given the Carbonadium Synthesizer by Dracula, though Dracula warns him that this was, there was a detonator hidden inside of it as he still has use of him. Dracula then orders Omega Red to join Kirkoa, but to obey him. He will later also help out in the King in Black invasion, which allows the... in return for taking on Null, the god of the symbiote's armies, um the UN grants the vampiric nation actual status, but in return, Blade's the new sheriff. Mm, sheriff Blade. Which is where we roughly lead off here. That was a whole lot to read. <laughs> <laughs>
Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we will discuss today's readings. So, for today's readings, we read two things. We read the Doctor Strange, I think it's 58 through 62, from the Roger Stern run. It is the Montesai formula. And we read Apocalypse Dracula. Full disclosure. significantly better. I completely forgot about the Doctor Strange part. It's okay. I kept, I was just like, Apocalypse Dracula. Apocalypse Dracula. Apocalypse Dracula. We don't really have to go into it. It's possibly the coolest Frank Drake has ever been. Because he's just got two guns full of silver bullets and attempts to just fill Dracula with holes. It's also not a high bar, so... No. It's like... You could sneeze at Dracula, it'd be more exciting. Not as cool... As, like, weird Renfair, super genius Frank Drake, but also not as weird. Like, I don't know. Like, it's... I really hate Frank Drake. Uh, (laughs) I couldn't tell. (laughs) I don't know why he bugs me so much. He's just such a forgettable white boy. Uh, I don't know. It's the same run from the uh, Dormammu and Clea story that we read way, way back in episode three. Yeah. But that era of the run was better than this one is. It's historically important, but the story itself is... Eh. Yeah. It's an example of a decent early 80s, mid-80s comic book. But that's about all I have to say about it. Uh, Apocalypse versus Dracula. I have no idea why this book exists. Yeah. Um, I I'm mean, so I, happy it does. It's so good. I liked it, but it also felt weird like maybe it should have been nine parts instead of four and like the whole last one is just like oh yeah we only have four books to to tell this story this is a popcorn comic book Mm -hmm. this is you're gonna sit down you're gonna finish it in an hour and it's gonna be like big goofy splashy scenes and a plot that does not make much sense if you think about it too closely Based off when it came out, I imagine it was another attempt to cash in on the Twilight franchise's popularity by putting vampire products out there. Why against Apocalypse? Why not? I I wonder if they just flipped a coin and or like rolled a die with a list of various popular immortal characters. I was about to say they're like, uh, which characters would have been around? Okay, they're all gonna on a dartboard. Wow, apparently Dracula <laughs> encountered Apocalypse. What are we going to do with that? <laughs> the whole reason they show up is like, he was too strong, but his army was like three sizes the size of the Turkish army, and he's like, hey, I've won. And then Apocalypse comes in and is like, where'd everybody go? <laughs> now, from a plotline perspective, Mr. Sinister would have been a much easier and more logical go-through, but because I love that Apocalypse's story is almost as extra as his enemy Cable's is... Uh, it kind of works that he randomly inserts himself in the middle of an Eastern European war for no reason whatsoever, kills everyone. Because he can. And then just takes off. <laughs> like his, 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 that stone henchman he has, he's like, remember that warlord he killed? He's like, I've killed a lot of warlords. You got to be more specific than that. <laughs> that henchman, by the way, is of the name Ozymandias. He mostly exists so someone can wax poetic while Apocalypse does things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, the flashback, first off, I was like, okay, Apocalypse encountered Dracula, whatever. I, I can roll with that. Apocalypse is around for 
Way too many things, probably. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so is Dracula, as we saw through our last bit. My biggest gripe isn't even necessarily with this comic, because so many other things do it since Bram Stoker's Dracula. I hate that red armor. Yeah. Why do you hate the red armor? I hate the red armor. Well, actually, in the comic, it was a little bit better, because it actually looked like armor. It didn't have all the weird... All the weird veiny tooling stuff. Yeah, that's fair. I had someone ask me to make that for them once, and I was like, do you have any idea how expensive that would be for you? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, don't like, but I also just don't like the look of it. Just, I, not even in that movie either, either. Either Like, that's always been the weakest part of the movie for me, other than Keanu's accent, but that's a different... I like the movie, but I'm not pretending it's high art. The other part, though, that caught me by surprise was... And look, they don't say anything else, and it's kind of a popular name, so it doesn't have to be him. But the implication was that in that battle, that uh, Vlad's second was his brother Radu the Handsome, which, no. No, 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 no. Those which, two no. hated it. Like, plenty of people have siblings that they hate, but we need to truly understand the scope of I will overthrow you and your entire damn country level of hate that these two had for each other repeatedly. Repeatedly. It's my country. No, it's my country. Also, like, keep in mind that uh, Vlad is regarded as a national hero, whereas Radu is more akin to Benedict Arnold. Mm-hmm. Well, he did turn over Wallachia to the Turks multiple times. Mm-hmm. Again, that the actual story of Vlad Dracu- or Dracula is super interesting, if you like bloody medieval history. I can't remember. Do either of you have the book in front of you? Who was the writer on this? Because the artist is artist Clayton Henry, who is interesting. When I was younger, I did not like his art at all. And now he's one of my favorite working artists. He, I mean, it might be different for the two of you, but he plays that line between like realistic and cartoony pretty well. Like, you know, the proportions aren't perfect, but they're relatively there. But he's got a very... thick-lined drawing approach that I appreciate. I'd say that pays off, too, because some of the transformations you see from the cult of... What is it called again? Uh, Clan Akaba. Akaba. Clan Akaba. Are strange, so, like, the cartoony feel to it, like, just enhance the strangeness of it. Or, like, when he opened his mouth wide enough to fit the other guy's head in there and ripped <laughs> ripped his head off. It's written by Frank Thierry. Oh, yep, I just saw that myself. Who's a... He's a decent comic writer. He's not one of those writers that I go, oh, no, but he's not one of those that I go, oh, yes, either for. He's, it's going to be fine. I enjoyed this. Now, admittedly, I'm a sucker for the Victorian era. I'm a sucker for literally any secret society that's not racist or a racist secret society that can be destroyed because they're racist and they deserve it. I love that storytelling arc, too. Right. Um, Good times. So I guess literally any secret society story I'm into. <laughs> I'm going back to my original statement there. And I like bizarre team-up. Not team-ups. Any kind of bizarre crossover. I, I did something bizarre. Clan Akaba being turned into vampires works for me. Yeah. Clan Akaba needs to use, be used significantly more than it ever is. Yes. Well, they set up that they could be anywhere. Like, they were in multiple parts of history that were like key points for change so there's no reason that marvel can't be like well we've set it up 
now we can they set the, them up and one. they use them in a few places here, but never significantly. I want a vampiric clan Akaba versus the hand. That'd I'm giving fun. it to the hand, but it'd be a good fight. That'd be awesome. Because they would just have holy water <laughs> grenades and then just win. <laughs> just win. Well, they'd be like, I'm vampiric mutants. The hand like, would just call on Blade we... and Blade would be like, more vampires to kill? He's like, who are these ninja guys? Don't worry about it. Go for the vampire mutants. Done. Done. You got <laughs> vampire <me>. mutants. <laughs> Meanwhile, Daredevil's team being like, hey, wait a Blade, minute. Stop working with the hand. He's like, can't talk now. Killing vampires. Talk later. <laughs> Ooh. That, then you it. could bring an Electra too, who I'm not a huge fan of, but would be pretty fun with oh. Blade. Like, that's a good team up. Electra killing vampires would be really good. With the With sign, a sigh. next to Blade. Whole lot of that black and red motif. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, nope, it's in. It actually works really well. God, that might be the first Electra story that's ever interested me. <laughs> the one that doesn't exist that yes! we just made up. <laughs> <laughs> she was the worst part of Daredevil season two. Yes. Not the actress's fault. I thought the no. actress was fine. No, she did a good job. The whole storyline was just was weird, bad. though. I yeah. just don't like Electra. Um, I don't know if I have too much to say about this one because it's a popcorn book. I love reading a popcorn book, but it doesn't always leave a whole lot of like, here's my deep and personal thoughts about this. I mean, I kind of hinted at it. My biggest gripe with it is it's like three issues of setup for a story that then gets wrapped up in one issue. Yeah. Very few comic books should be a four issue miniseries. And it was big in the 80s. I mean, that uh, Magic Storm and Ileana oh, right. one we did was the same thing. And it suffered from the exact same problem. I think 6 to 10 is the perfect length for a miniseries. Mm -hmm. But if you are worried about not making a profit, because it tends to drop in numbers each one, 4 is one of those of it's not a huge risk for us to do this. Makes sense. I think, though, then you have to tailor the stories to 4. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just hard, but yeah, yeah. no, I, too the often. The editor needs to have a little bit heavier hand with those yeah. kinds of stories. Yeah. We have to get through this part. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's how the first 40 minutes of Mall Rats got cut out. Because they needed to get to the mall. Desperately needed it, too. I've seen some of those. It makes some of the things make more sense, but. <laughs> yeah, but it's just too Not needed. Long. It's not needed. And then on the other side, there's the Venom movie where they cut out like a third of the movie and you're like, but what happened to those major plot lines that you just Dumped. dropped? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I need more Vampiric Clan Akaba, though. Mm -hmm. I thought that was dope. I would read That's a lot more 19th century Marvel stuff. That tends to be a pretty fun era to just drop it Marvel into the lap of. Next time. It's Morbin time. We've, we will be discussing Morbius, the living vampire. If we, if we're a good enough team, do we form the Megamorb? Can we save it for? Okay, let it out. <laughs> no, Go ahead. No wait. No, no. <laughs> I'll wait. Uh, we will be reading Morbius's very first appearance, which I believe is just Amazing Spider-Man One Hundred One. It might also be Amazing Spider-Man One Hundred Two. That's one of those that it will be very clear to you. If I'm wrong on that, just read the next issue. <laughs> as well as the most recent Morbius miniseries, uh, Morbius the Living Vampire from 2019 by Vida Ayala, who is an up-and-coming Marvel writer who is super good. 
Well, that's all the time we have set aside for our lesson today. For those of you staying on the island, the nightly game of Vampire Survivors starts soon. For everyone else, we hope your cruise back to the wild world of nerdery is swift and safe and super fun. Bon voyage. Thank you for listening to this episode of Noob Island. If you like the show, please hit subscribe. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, that would also be super helpful. As always, we are part of the Earworm Podcast Network and would greatly appreciate it if you could go check out all of our sister shows over at Earworm.com. That's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. A big special thanks to Ian Ford for our theme song and music. We'll catch you next time.